Well, we're turning this morning to the book of Proverbs and to chapter 30, the book of Proverbs and chapter 30, Proverbs and chapter 30, the words of Agur, the son of Jakeh, even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Eucal. Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or, lest I be poor and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curseth their father, and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, yea, four things. Say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat, for an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands, 
and is in king's palaces. There be three things which go well, yea, four are comely in going. A lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. A greyhound, a he-goat also, and a king, against whom there is no rising up. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. Amen. We thank the Lord for this reading of his word. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, as we come before thee, once again we ask that thou would speak to us by thy word, that thou would lay in our thoughts the thoughts which are set before us in the scripture. Help us, Lord, to meditate upon that which has been meditated upon before by others and that which has been laid upon their hearts by the Holy Ghost. O Lord, we pray that the Spirit of God also might work in our hearts, that we might search our own selves, that we, O Lord, might ourselves consider the questions and the requests which are made, and, Lord, that we might seek after righteousness to walk in the way of righteousness, as Paul has written to Timothy. Bless us then, we ask thee, and continue with us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to consider with you uh, these words which are written in verses 7, 8, and 9. Two things have I required of thee, deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies, give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with food convenient for me lest I be full and deny thee and say who is the Lord or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain here is the words we are told in the beginning of the chapter of Agur and here is a gatherer uh, as my margin has uh, the gatherer and so in his gathering he gathers together these proverbs And this particularly is important to us all uh, because it is something which this world seeks after and that is riches and uh, what we may eat and what we may drink. As the Lord Jesus says, uh, the Gentiles seek after these things. But he says to his disciples, but ye think but ye uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto thee. Lord Jesus takes up a similar theme then as he utters those words. So I want to consider these things which he asks. uh, Two things have I required of thee, it says. And those two things are give me neither poverty nor riches. uh, Remove far from me vanity and lies. So if we consider those as being two things, then they overlap each other. And so the vanity and lies and the poverty and riches are connected together here. And we will consider them in that way. So I want to consider this under three heads. First of all, the request of the wise man. Secondly, the reason or the reasoning, uh, if you prefer, of the wise man. And thirdly, the riches of the wise man. The request of the wise man, first of all, then. The request we can see here first is that he might have a mental 
clarity, a mental clarity. And he says there in verse 8, remove far from me vanity and lies. Vanity and lies. And here we see that he's, he finds this an important thing, that he might be able to see clearly, that he might be able to understand clearly those things which are going on around him. We are so easily, so quickly taken up with the things of this world. We get embroiled in them. They take over our thoughts and our thinking, our ways. Uh, They uh, catch us in such a way that when we desire to come before the Lord, even that is snatched away from us. There are other things that we need to do first. There are other things which are more important to us than the Lord. And we kind of think, well, once I've done these important things in the world, then I can come around to consider the Lord. We, we need a clarity here. We need a clarity as we walk through this world to understand that all that our eyes fall upon are vanity. Uh, this, this world, uh, which is to cease, even those things which we gather to ourselves, the Lord Jesus speaks to the, to the rich man in the New Testament in that parable, and he says, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and then whose shall these things be? As we get older, perhaps, uh, I certainly know that uh, uh, Peggy Hammond in, uh, from Linslade many years ago, as she was in her 80s, began to look around the house and began to think, well, we don't need this, we don't need that, uh, and those who are left after we have gone, we're going to have to sort all this out. And I confess that I've begun to do the same thing and, uh, and think to myself, well, all of these things which we have accrued through the years, uh, who's going to want them? Who will want them? I have a few Lego sets, and I'm sure that they'll be wanted by someone. Uh, But there are many things which people won't want, things which are just gathered up. There are things, in fact, when we consider it, that we don't even want, but we've kept them anyway, where uh, perhaps they're uh, up in in the roof space of our house in the loft somewhere, or out in the garage. We wouldn't even be able to find them. We would perhaps wouldn't even remember that we have them, and we'd have to go and rummage through all the junk to find out what is there. Now, all of these things that will be taken away, and even those things which we are aware of in our lives, even those things all cease, don't they? We always think of ourselves as being important in some way or other, but we also know from our own experience, no doubt, if we are adults here anyway, that when something happens, when someone who is key, a key part of our lives is taken from the midst of us, that life continues, and we do something else. Uh, It may, may take some muddling through for a little while. But it will all come back to normal in the end. And so uh, we realize that, we, uh, that this world is vanity and that this world will soon pass away. Remove far from me vanity and also lies, it says in my margin, uh, the word of falsehood. And of course, there are many falsehoods which are uh, propagated as being wisdom in this world. And so the wise man says, just keep me away from the the words of falsehood keep me away from the from the lies which surround me help me to have a mental clarity help me to see things for what they are the psalmist too in psalm 119 uh, says in verse 37 turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way and again in verse 29 of that same psalm remove from me the way of lying and grant me thy law graciously the psalmist too recognizes the the dangers of the world and the, how it can just 
take hold of our minds. Remember that the devil has a certain uh, advantage, doesn't he, in, in the fact that we were his. Uh, in time past, we were the children of disobedience, uh, as Paul writes to the Ephesians. When we were the children of disobedience, he was our master, he was our leader, he walked in the ways of uh, that uh, prince of the power of the air. And so he knows us and he knows just what it is uh, which attracts us. We need to have a clarity of thought so that we can have such requests as this wise man has. And of course the request of the wise man here not only is concerning the vanity and the lies, uh, but the poverty and the riches, the poverty and the riches. And perhaps uh, those things are turned around here. If we are to connect the two together, here the vanity and the lies and the poverty and the riches, then perhaps the, the, the order is turned around and we could say that the riches is the vanity and the poverty is the lies. Uh, we uh, can see how that in poverty, in fact, he, he makes mention of this, doesn't he? Uh, in, uh, in verse 9, it says, Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Uh, we have uh, this, uh, the other side of, of, the, of the argument here. So what he desires is not just mental clarity, but moderate circumstances. He doesn't want to be poor, because poor brings but poorness or poverty brings forth uh, this situation may, he may steal and take the name of my God in vain. Take the name of my God. Note the word my, not just, not, not just take the name of God in vain, but of my God in vain. He has this understanding that he, he, this is his God and so he is seeking uh, that he might be able to walk before him. And so he doesn't want to be poor, lest he be forced to a situation or at least feel himself forced. We're never forced to a situation of sin. Uh, we know that the Lord will provide for us. And particularly, as he says here, my God, that the Lord will provide. The, the psalmist says he has never seen the righteous man forsaken, nor his seed uh, begging bread. Uh, the Lord does provide. And if we're walking in righteousness, Jesus says the same thing, doesn't he? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. There is a path which is not stealing, but the lies come in here where we believe that we need to steal, or where we are uh, owed something from the world, perhaps, and we take those things which are not ours. And he is, he is very careful that he would not come into that situation. So he wants a moderate circumstance, not, not to be poor. Uh, he wants to be uh, clear of those things. But then also he doesn't want to be rich. He doesn't want to be rich. For he says, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Uh, it, it's very easy when we have what we need to not need God. And there are many, of course, who uh, living in this world... If they desire God at all, it is so that they can get on in this world. So they're praying about this world. They're praying about their job. They're praying about their family. They're praying about uh, all of the, the list of requirements and wants and desires. And that is the content of their prayer. They desire only the things which are good. Daniel was just saying yesterday in Pilgrim's Progress uh, about uh, Pliable, how that his desire was the celestial city. He wanted to get to the celestial city because of all the glory he had heard about. But when he comes to the slough of despond, 
and he, he finds and he becomes despondent in that slough, then he's not, there, he's not there for the worship of the Lord. He's not there to follow the map which Christian has. He's not there to, with an interest in the word. But he is there that he might get the gain. And there are many uh, who profess Christianity are not interested in the word of God. Uh, they wouldn't like a service like this where we preach the word. They might be quite happy to come and sing. Singing is, gives you an elation. Uh, singing is good fun. It's nice to see people as well. But when the word is preached, and particularly if it's preached for a long time, which uh, we seek not to do these days, but uh, people are not interested in the word. Uh, they're quite happy to come into church for some reason or other, but not really too much of the word. Let's have some interesting stories from the preacher uh, let's have some anecdotes let's have some jokes they're they're always good they lift the mood and we can go out of church with a better mood but with no 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 more understanding i've read many sermons particularly from the uh, 19th century and quite often in those sermons there's no exposition there is no bringing to understand what the word actually says and the text is taken and something is preached around that text. And as used to be said in, in uh, our homiletics class, they take the text as a pretext. So here are a few words. There are three things that are never satisfied. And that would do as a text. And then you can preach just about anything on it. But we want to understand what the word says. We want to get into the word. We want to see what, it, what the, the word of God is actually teaching us and, and to hide it within our hearts. And here this man, he doesn't want to be rich because he knows that there is vanity in riches. And if he is full, he might deny the Lord and say, who is the Lord? I don't need the Lord. We read together from 1 Timothy 6. And in verse 8 it says, And having food and raiment, let us therewith, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. And pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Here then we see these words that Paul writes to Timothy. And he says, let's be content with what we have. We might have a summary of, of these three verses. It's just simply in this. Godliness with contentment is great gain. A beautiful, concise statement. One very easy to remember. But one that needs to be thought about. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And that is what these words of Agur are, are portraying to us this day. You don't want to be rich. And yet the Lord gave these things, that which was needful, uh, even as he says that he might have food convenient for him. He, the Lord gave these things to the children of Israel as they went through the wilderness. And we read in Exodus 16 of the manna which was given. And it says, And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. They had just what they needed. 
Every person had what they needed. They didn't have too much, they didn't have too little. They had what they needed. And yet they began to murmur, didn't they? And they began to murmur about this light bread. And they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to the garlic. They wanted to go back to the the various foods. They were unwilling because what they wanted was for God to give them what they desired in this world. They didn't want the wilderness. They didn't want the trouble. They wanted an easy life and they wanted the promised land. And they would love to cut it short and just walk in. That was their problem in the beginning, wasn't it? When God said, after I think it was 10 days of coming out of Egypt, and he took them to the promised land, and they sent in the spies, and the spies came back and said, well, there are great walled cities and giants in the land. And the people said, well, we're not willing to fight for it. We're not willing to risk ourselves for it. We're not going to go up and fight against, against the, the, the enemies for that land. And the Lord said, well, you don't need to fight. I will fight. But no, they wouldn't go away. And so many, even who profess the name of the Lord Jesus, we want it the easy way. So we see that this request is for mental clarity and for moderate circumstances. And we see then the reason or the reasoning of the wise man. First of all, in acknowledging deception, that is to acknowledge deception in his fact that there is a deception. And that, that is the beginning, isn't it? Uh, one of the things of today is that people say, well, we don't believe there is a devil. And so he's won a victory. If you don't believe there's an enemy uh, and the enemy is attacking you and you put it down to something else, you're never going to find the, 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 the source of the problem. If you deny the source of the problem, the problem will continue. And you can fight against all kinds of things and every symptom, but you will never deal with the actual problem. And that's where the world is, certainly in this country in these days. We don't believe there's a devil. Of course there's not. And so the devil has free reign. And we trace through this country itself and where it has come to in these days and the corruption and the uncleanness and the filthiness which surrounds us in these days, in perversions, uh, even in language. Uh, the, the language which comes on some television programs is, is foul. And it's getting, if it can get worse, it's even getting worse uh, to the foulest of words which uh, are available for man to utter. Uh, that never was so, but it has slowly gone downhill and downhill. And we were just speaking again yesterday about uh, the, the language which is used these days and, the, uh, and the, the simplicity of it in these days. And I was saying that <clears throat> I was reading some writing by children in the, the end of the 19th century and the, uh, the writing was far in excess of, of what adults write these days. But everything is, is dumbed down, dumbed down. And of course the dumber people are, the more those who have power over them will get away with but he desires and understands that there is a deception in Matthew 13 22 we read of that parable of the sower and in one of those verses verse 22 it says he also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful Interesting that at the end of that verse, never really thought about this before, and I've preached on this before, that he becometh unfruitful. And so we can begin fruitful, 
so the, the, the encumbrances come upon us slowly, just like the weeds do in the garden. There may be those little green shoots of weeds amongst the flowers to start off with, but if they're not cleared, they will eventually kill off the flowers. And that is what is spoken of here. We have to be very careful. We have to acknowledge that there is a deception. And the deception is of such a quality that it creeps up, builds up, until we begin to come into a situation of vanity and lies. We begin to lie to ourselves. We're not really deceived. This is just how things are. Now, there, is a, there is a deception. We, we need to be praying, as this man does, that he might have vanity and lies removed from him and then also in in anticipating delusion anticipating delusion that there is a delusion that there will be a delusion and in fact in 2 Thessalonians 2.11 it speaks of the last times and it says that for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie It should be our prayer. Those things should not come upon us. Uh, For we are awake and alive if we are Christ's. We need to be praying that we can see through the delusion, through the lie, that we might see the Lord and look upon him. And it's interesting here that what really bothers uh, the man who uh, is speaking here is his walk with God. Because in verse 9 he says, Lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord, or who is Jehovah? It is his walk with God which he is concerned with. This is the sign of a person who is really and truly saved. This is the sign of someone who has really been touched by the Spirit of God. His concern is not that he just be deceived. His concern is not that he should gather after riches and then lose something. His concern is walking with God. And again, at the second half of that ninth verse, or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Take the name of my God in vain. He's not concerned overly with the stealing part of it as as much as he is with the taking the name of the Lord in vain. What is our consideration of our walk with God? How much do we covet the walk with God? How much are we willing to seek the Lord that we might not be deluded from our walk with God, our communion with him, so that in that day he doesn't say to us, depart from me, for I never knew you. Are we walking with the Lord? Are we desiring the Lord? You see, this man anticipates a delusion. He recognizes that there can be a delusion. He recognizes that he is just as uh, likely to be taken in by the delusion as anyone else. And he is very careful to make his prayer before the Lord. Don't deny me this. And if we think, well, back over our lives and say, well, I think that maybe I've already been taken in this. I'm already already been deluded I, I, I can look back on my life and say that it hasn't been really a, a very close walk with the Lord and we can take comfort from these words in verse 7 deny me them not before I die the Lord is gracious long suffering and it's not over till it's over 
And if we feel that we have not walked with the Lord thus far, let us walk with the Lord now. Let us make a change now. Or let us decide in the, within our hearts and make the prayer before the Lord now. Lord, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. These things do happen. In Deuteronomy 32.15 we read, But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. We see this over and over. We, we only have to look at our own country here and say, Well, God bless this nation. It, it was a leading light in the world. It, it had an empire across the world, notwithstanding the corruptions that were in that empire. Uh, there are many unclean birds which, which uh, nest in the mustard tree. Uh, and there are many things which were not done uh, in, the, in the way that the, the scriptures teach. And there were many, indeed, who were uh, upstanding citizens, as, or they were considered to be so, and even within churches, who never knew the Lord and had never desired uh, to complete uh, or, or to um, go on with what, what the Lord teaches. And so there was much corruption in the past. Nevertheless, this land was blessed when the people were in the house of God in so many different ways. But where is it today when it is waxen fat, when it had become rich, when it had so much of the, the wealth of the world in it? It departed from the Lord. And we have continued to depart. Perhaps the, the wars, the first and the second war, were there because of the judgment of God upon us. And all of the riches were taken away. We were left with uh, a great uh, debt which had to be paid and has just been paid off hasn't it in the last few years from the from the second war but have the people turned back to god or have they said no we need more of the things of the world and they departed further jeshurun waxed fat and then he forsook god which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation Again, Hosea 13, 6, according to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore, have they forgotten me? Exactly what the wise man says here, that he is afraid, lest he be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? And we are reading this and it is coming to our mind that we might consider it this morning. But here is a man who has considered the world. He has considered what's going on around him. He has actually looked at the situation of the world and the things that have gone on in the world. And he has come to this conclusion. Here is a wise man. Not just being taught these things externally as we are this morning. But those things which he has considered within his heart. We are in a day and age where nobody seems to think very much anymore. We let other people think for us. And we uh, assume the position which best fits with our current uh, understanding of things. And so there'll be a blog here or a blog there or something uh, which is said by uh, some armchair philosopher somewhere. And we say, oh yeah, well I agree with that. But we never really thought about it ourselves. 
How important it is that we have the word of God because the word of God gives us a solid rock which doesn't change, which is a foundation, which is the same as the apostles had right up to this day. And it still remains just as true as ever it did. And it causes us to stop and think to ourselves, is that right what's being said? Are they right, these people with their blogs and vlogs and everything else that we get these days? The news broadcasters and the programs constantly. Are they right? What does the word of God say? What does this tried and tested book say? Let's see. And this wise man considers the world and he recognizes the dangers. And then also in the reasoning of this wise man, he is reasoning to avoid dissatisfaction. His satisfaction is in the Lord. He desires to know the Lord. He wants to continue with the Lord. He wants vanity and lies departed from him. He wants neither poverty nor riches. He doesn't want to come to a situation where he says, who is the Lord? And he doesn't want to be in a situation where he takes the name of God in vain. He wants to avoid dissatisfaction. But they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the rivers of thy pleasures. As for me, the psalmist says, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. In that day, where will our satisfaction be? In the day of our death, will we be satisfied in all that we have gained in this world? When we know we can't take it with us. It's all going to be left behind. Maybe we will consider, as, the, as Solomon considered, that for all of the things that he had done, he could be leaving them to a fool. It doesn't matter how wise he is. It doesn't matter how well he's done. The person that comes after him can waste it all. And what was the point? What was the point? Our satisfaction needs to be in the Lord. I was just reading this, this the other day, and I, I, I copied it down at the time because I thought, that's a tremendous quote. Uh, here's a quote from... William J. And it says this, I'll read it in full. The spirit that is in us lusteth to envy. We are prone to think that though generally men are born to trouble, there are some exempted individuals. And that though commonly considered this earth is a veil of tears, there are some privileged spots. And it is worthy of our observation that these exceptions always belong to and always to those who are above us. Is the servant happy? He will be when he is master. Is the master happy? He will be when he is rich. Is the rich man happy? He will be when he is ennobled and has distinction as well as gold. Is the nobleman happy? He will be when he is king. Is the king, the king, happy? Oh, says he, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For them would I fly away and be at rest. You see, there's always something above us. There's always something to strive after. But once we've got it, there's something else that we want. And we never come to the end of that. But if we have the Lord, we have everything. And we have it already. And all it requires of us now is to enjoy the Lord and his presence. So we come finally to the riches of the wise man. Just simply to say this, the riches that this wise man have is, first of all, the perception of spiritual realities. Here is a man who understands. 
Here is a man who understands that this world is vanity, that he is surrounded by lies, that he doesn't want poverty and he doesn't want riches. What he wants is the Lord. Here is a man who has great riches already, and the things of this world are not important to him. And the Lord Jesus, of course, says exactly the same thing, that we're not to strive after the things that we will eat or the things that we will put on. These things do the Gentiles seek. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then secondly, the riches of this wise man is his preparation with a solid reasoning. He comes and he says, two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. And then he reasons. He reasons in verse 9, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? This is thinking it through. And he is saying, if I am rich, I can easily come to a point where I don't think that I need the Lord anymore. And if I'm poor, I could come to a point where I was stealing and taking the name of my God in vain and saying, God is not looking after me and God has has set me aside and I need to do these things, otherwise I'm going to die and not accept. We need reason. Remember what Paul writes in, in Romans 12 about our reasonable service. Reasonable doesn't mean just, well, it's reasonable. It means actually reasonable, so that we can reason it through, so that we can think of the purposes. And then finally, the riches of this wise man are his prayer to his Savior and Redeemer, his prayer. And that is where we need to be, that we are seeking of the Lord these blessings, that we are seeking of the Lord that we might walk with him, whatsoever may come upon us, whether it be the increase of riches or the loss of all, that our desire is the Lord, because he will keep us in all situations if we trust in him. May the Lord bless these thoughts to our hearts and minds this day, and may the Lord bless us in our walk before him.